Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. Welcome to the Peace and Power Podcast, where we discover how the living Jesus offers the flow of that peace and power in our everyday experiences. With the Bible as our guide, here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. People can receive the same news or experience the same event, but respond to it very differently. One person hears that six inches of snowfall is coming and complains, but another person hopes there will be enough snow to sled or ski. Or couples look forward to celebrating Valentine's Day, but someone who is not in a romantic relationship is sometimes reminded that they aren't celebrating that day in the same way. We learn in today's scripture that people also react differently when God gives news. Some embrace that news, and others reject it. Some want to know more about God's message to them, while others don't want God to bother them with any news, even if it's good news. If you want to know what the right response is to God's self-revelation, then today's scripture from Matthew chapter 2 helps explain. Throughout my student years, I loved school, so when vacation was over, I was excited about returning to school, but some of my friends dreaded the very idea. While I couldn't understand why they weren't looking forward to new desks and new books and new teachers and new learning, they expected new rules, new homework, and new exams. So I'm sure they couldn't understand why I was excited. We saw school from different perspectives, and probably our experiences were different according to what we chose to see and how we chose to respond. In Matthew chapter 2, we see three responses, and two of them are very different responses to a star in the Palestinian sky over Bethlehem. There will be the response of the wise men, the response of the religious advisors, and the response of Herod. Sometimes this story is celebrated in the Christmas season of Advent, and sometimes later on what is called Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany means a moment of important new understanding. But, of course, God would have us experience epiphanies often, not just at Christmas time. And so this is a scripture for all times. Listen then to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. 
Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So, we begin this story in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, which read this way, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Already, don't you sense two different responses to this new star in the sky? These visitors to Jerusalem are probably ancient Persian astronomers. Not astrologers in the modern sense, but more like scientists in their day, with connections to their national leaders. In their own land, they observed the special star and they interpreted it as a sign, the sign of a newly born king in Palestine. So, they likely travel between 500 and 1,000 miles to come and pay homage to this king. Their response was to seek and to ask questions. What an appropriate response to a supernatural event. Because this narrative absolutely claims that this star's presence is being used by God to send the message about the birth of the Messiah. They did not know, and we are not even certain, what caused this star's appearance. Are you curious about its cause? Good. When God is at work, you and I should be curious, should seek to discover how God is speaking through events. And we should ask questions for greater understanding. This was their response, and it should be our response. These wise men, or as they're sometimes called, magi, did not know the exact location to look for or exactly what conditions they would run into along the way on their journey. This was actually a quite dangerous journey. Or they did not know exactly how this new child king would change the world. But they acted on what they did know, and they searched for the rest. God has always issued the invitation for us to seek for him and his will. Through the prophet Jeremiah, God promised, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29:13. Later, when Jesus taught about prayer, he invited with these words, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Matthew 7, 7. This is the searching space we want our churches to be. A safe, welcoming space where seekers can come. A safe place to ask sincere questions about God, about Jesus, about the Bible, about the Christian life. 
Like the star for the wise men, the Holy Spirit guides people to us, the community of Christ followers, for answers. What beautiful reactions to the revelation of God, sincerely seeking and asking questions. But we can seek questions from God insincerely. This same news about a special star stirred a different response from the Jewish king Herod and the population of Jerusalem. Herod was not the legitimate bloodline king of Judea, but a puppet king appointed uh, to this region by the occupying power, Rome. So into his court come these foreign dignitaries from a distant region, claiming that a new Jewish king has been born. Herod is jealously threatened by such a claim. And verse 3 describes him as deeply disturbed. And because he is an emotionally unstable and cruel ruler, his citizens are disturbed that he is disturbed. So Herod summons his court priests and theologians and questions them about the prophesied location of the Messiah's birth. Pick up the story in verse 4. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Now, what they might not have noticed was that in the tone of Herod's question was a smooth insincerity. Herod doesn't want a Bible lesson he can reflect on to grow in faith, to grow in hope, to grow in love. He wants to get the scoop on where his challenger to the throne might be and to take drastic measures. When we look at verse 8 in a moment, we will see his insincerity more fully. The religious advisors know their Hebrew scriptures, and they start quoting, In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, For this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Herod's religious advisors reach back almost 800 years to the words of Micah the prophet, recorded in Micah 5.2 who pointed forward to Bethlehem as the Messiah's birthplace. Their answer seems quite sincere. It certainly is correct. They give Herod the truth. I wonder if some of these priests and Bible scholars later accepted that Jesus was the true Messiah. Did they also remember the prophet Isaiah's prediction that in the Messiah's reign, non-Jewish leaders, Gentiles, would come to Israel for the light of understanding? This is how Isaiah put it in Isaiah 60, verse 3. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Maybe the religious advisor's sincere answer to Herod led to a sincere faith in Jesus. We not only need to be patient with non-religious people who are sincerely seeking spiritual answers, we also need to be patient with religious people who are still on a search and are sincerely looking into the Bible for truth. Now, we glimpse a bit more of Herod's deceptive scheme in verses 7 and 8. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, Come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. 
This particular Herod in the Herodian family is historically known for his cunning and his cruelty. And he is brewing a plan. The plan's not to worship the newborn king, but the exact opposite. It's to destroy this child. To kill the child, he needs to know approximately how old he may be. Perhaps just born, or perhaps already two years old, which we see in verse 16. You see, Herod has heard the truth straight from the Jewish scriptures, God's revelation about the Messiah. But Herod will not accept God's plan. He will reject it. His response is to reject. What a dangerous response. But many people follow in Herod's footsteps. They hear the word of God, and because it's not what they want to hear, and it threatens their way of life, they reject it. Earlier, we saw that the wise men responded to God's revelation in the star by seeking and questioning. Then the next step for them was to be guided, searching scripture. And that's where they received more specific answers from God. This process will work for anyone. Sincerely seek, sincerely question, and sincerely read scripture. And after this process, they're guided to their answer. Verse 9, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. In verse 10, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. So accepting God's revelation brought them joy and brings us joy. Even jealous, evil Herod could have had joy if he had accepted God's revelation. When the wise men see this child, they accept him as the Jewish Messiah. How do we know that? Because they worshipped him. Verse 11, Then they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They are Gentiles, non-Jews but they worshipfully honor this child as king. Throughout the rest of the New Testament, we see that Jesus takes the Jews who accept him and the Gentiles who accept him and makes them an entirely new community called the church. And what is the highest goal of this community of Jesus' followers? To worship him. The most worshipful thing we can do is to give ourselves to Christ, our lives to him and for him. My heart and mind and strength is the greatest gift I can give to Jesus. Later in this Gospel of Matthew, Jesus was asked what the most important commandment of God was. And here was his reply. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 36-39. But these wise men also give him expensive gifts. Gold, a precious metal fit for a king. Frankincense, a precious perfume often associated with deity. And myrrh, a precious balm sometimes used for healing. You know, when we accept God's revelation to us, God gives us more revelation. Sometimes God reveals danger to us, warning us or gives us discernment about important life decisions. Notice how this happens in verse 12. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another 
route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Herod's evil schemes are not greater than God's holy plans. The wise men were told not to trust Herod, not to communicate any further with Herod, and to go home undercover, avoiding Herod. In other words, God was helping them to develop discernment. Holy discernment is a supernatural sense of reality. Holy discernment is a supernatural sense of what is real. When God points us in a direction, we can have the utmost confidence that direction is God's best road ahead for us. And when we take that road, God's Spirit will give us even more spiritual discernment along the way. Will give us epiphanies. Discernment is a part of what Paul is describing, isn't it, in Romans 12.2, when he writes, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Perfect means mature. Well, the wise men and the court religious advisors and Herod all had to respond to God's revelation through this star over Bethlehem. Even though it was the same revelation, they all responded differently. The right response was from the wise men, and it led to joy, to worship, to warning, and to discernment. Like them, do you accept Jesus as king, the king of your life? What is your response to God's revelation? Our peace and power truth is, when you open the box of God's revelation, you receive the gifts of truth, inner joy, and peace. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, And our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.